and welcome to The Gist. I am your host, Chris Vetrano, here every week to break down all the things happening across Bravo and pop culture. Um, what a week we have. It's March 20th, and we are deep in the Scandaval drama happening on Vanderpump Rules. Yes, it continues to deliver. And before we get to all of what happened this week on Vanderpump Rules, because guys, it was so wild watching this week's episode, given everything that's going on. But I want to cover some of the other shows first. Um, so we're going to get right into uh, Real Housewives this week. Uh, we don't have our Sunday Real Housewives. No Potomac. Uh, we're getting ready for, uh, you know, Atlanta is going to be coming back soon. We've got, um, right now we've got this uh, Candy SWV escape show. And I'm not following that. So if if that's a if that's a miss, if I need to be following that, if you're watching and you tell me that I need to get on that, I will. But um, I haven't I haven't been devoting my time to that, um, mostly because I've been so exhausted and fatigued from all the Scandaval drama. So, um, but I am excited about what we've got going on on New Jersey. I I feel like I'm saying this every week now, but I'm just really loving New Jersey this season. It just feels like it's a return to form. We've got you know the family dynamics back. We've got the right kind of drama. Nothing feels artificial. Yes, it's a little toxic. The Joe and Teresa stuff is toxic in a way that's really, really sad, but we're watching something really real, it feels, play out. And so it's it's been nice to see um, and so the, you know, this, the, this episode we had Teresa and therapy, um, which is I think a good thing, right? Like we are all sort of feeling that Teresa has a different energy this season. She's really kind of delivering in the past couple of seasons. She just was unwilling to back down and that wasn't always playing in her favor. And I think that even though she has some stands and there are loyal Teresa followers out there, uh, she was just when when it gets too toxic, people start to question. And I think she got into therapy. I think Louie has been good for her. And all of these things have been a real 180 in the way in which she's presenting herself, at least for cameras, um, which is, you know, for as for all intents purposes, that's what we have to believe, uh, because that's what we're watching. So, uh, but yeah, Teresa, uh, she went to her therapy. She was talking about the relationship with her brother, Joe, and, you know, the, and even the, the therapist is getting to the point where she's like, you know, if you're apologizing and you're putting all of this out there and putting in this effort to try to rebuild your relationship with him and he's unwilling to do it, then potentially it's time to move on. But, you know, she is encouraging her to continue to try. Uh, you know, Teresa mentioned uh, that uh, Melania Sweet 16, that Antonia did not come, but all of her other cousins did, which was really, which was sad to hear because, you know, Teresa's acknowledging that this is really impacting the the children in a way. And, you know, later we end up uh, hearing from Gia that she is also kind of feeling like there's a wedge between the kids and that the kids are really starting to learn uh, what's going on through the media and they're seeing it. And then, you know, they feel like as if the the parents and uh, Melissa and Joe and Teresa are kind of building this, this divide in the, in the cousins. And, and so that's, that's been sad. Um, but ultimately it does seem like Teresa's getting to a place in her therapy where she's really going to have to let go of, of her relationship with Joe. And as we know, just from the news and from BravoCon and from other things, that 
these two are not headed towards repair. And I feel like once you don't go to a wedding of your sibling, like there's not a lot to go back to. Like that's a pretty damning thing that is going to, you know, damage that relationship forever. And so I I don't know how these two find a path forward. And I think we're seeing that as Teresa goes to her therapy. Um, and then Marge had her surgery and had her friend Jennifer Fessler over. And I'm finally glad to see that these two are interacting because she was brought on as Marge's friend and she's a friend of Marge, but then they have like filmed nothing together. And it, it felt very like strange and how we were, how we were putting this, these two together. So it was nice that she came over after her surgery. Although I was confused, Marge can't stand up to great people when they arrive at her house because of her wrist. She's like, Oh, you know, I can't stand because of the surgery. It's like, well, girl, you, you had surgery on your wrist, not your legs. So I don't know. I, Marge is like too much. She's just team too much. She has been for a number of years. I liked her kind of in the beginning with her kind of kitschy pigtails and the things that she was doing, but she's just coming off not not so good. Um, and Jennifer Fessler, her friend, who actually showed up as a real friend in this episode, is telling her, hey, your behavior was poor at my house. You were saying awful things about Jennifer, and that was not appropriate, and you don't look good. And she was really holding Marge accountable in a way that I think was actually really adm- admirable. Um but, you know, they had, so they had their, uh, you know, one-on-one session to kind of rehash what had happened at Jennifer Fessler's brunch on the last episode between Marge and Jen, Jennifer Aiden. And, um, and then also we're talking about, uh, are we, we cut to Jennifer Aiden having the same kind of conversation and rehashing the, the brunch with her husband, Bill. Um, and, you know, Jen talks about like, you know, Marge called me a disheveled drug addict, um, And, you know, that's pretty harsh, especially given that Jennifer admits, she says, you know, I smoke a little weed when my kids go to bed. Like I, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing anything else. And, you know, does, does weed make a drug addict? I don't know. I am not sure. I mean, in a lot of states now and someday soon, hopefully federally, we're going to have legalization of marijuana and it's going to be no different than having a glass of alcohol. And there's something really judgy about Marge. And I can't really figure out why she's digging her heels in. But to call somebody a drug addict based around her smoking a little weed at night is ridiculous and absurd. And I just... I'm not really sure what she's what she's trying to do there. And, you know, Jennifer Aiden calls out that, like, you know, why isn't anyone else sort of coming to her defense when Marge is saying these horrible things and talking about her husband's affair and talk, calling her a, you know, disheveled drug addict? Why isn't anyone coming to her defense? And she says that it's because Marge has you know, dirt on all of these people. And because Marge has been known to be the person that kind of goes around and digs up this dirt so that she can either one, bring it to the show or two, use it against people when, if they threaten to bring something up about her, which tells me that there's probably a lot that Marge is trying to hide. And she's, you know, getting her ducks in a row so that if she needs to, she can fling some dirt right back. 
And that's, I think, I think that's why she is so threatened by Jennifer Aiden, because she knows that Jennifer Aiden is kind of the same way. Like she's willing to sit and listen to anybody tell her any kind of story or rumor. And I think that that's really what is potentially playing out here is like Marge is scared that Jennifer's going to eventually know or find out information that she doesn't want her to know. So I think that's been. I think that's been the rub between these two and, you know, they, they've tried to mend fences and it just doesn't seem to go in their favor. So, um, and then Melissa, um, you know, talked, talking about, um, Louie being manipulating, uh, first of all, it's supposed to be manipulative. And she said, Louie is manipulating. Um, but I'm like, when she was talking about that, I was like, that's really like, the pot calling the kettle Melissa Gorga, right? Like I think Melissa manipulates Joe in a major, major way, which has caused a lot of the friction between Teresa and Joe. And so it's a very, it's very interesting to see this playing out now with Melissa and Joe being so against Louie and coming at Teresa so hard when for years we kind of saw it this opposite way. And then um, the big thing in the episode was the baseball game. Uh, Dolores hosted her annual charity event. Um, and it was it was actually like, you know, a little bit like crazy. You know, Frank is there. They're talking about how Dolores's uh, boyfriend is not there because he's, you know, sick or he's got surgery. And, you know, it's like, and Melissa's just kind of like, oh, well, you know, thankfully Frank's here. And she... I, there was just like no empathy for the fact that like Dolores is in love and she's found somebody that she is in love with. And let's not forget that Frank cheated on her and everyone, not just, I'm, you know, I, I came from Melissa a little bit, but and not just Melissa, everyone is kind of team Frank. And, you know, Frank's like, Oh, I'm going to cry. And I just miss our old relationship and all of these things. And everyone's giving him all of this like support of like, Dolores, look what you're doing to Frank. He he just wants your relationship back. And she's like, yeah, this is a guy that cheated on me. He is, we, when we ended our relationship, we didn't have sex anymore, but everything else pretty much stayed the same. But now I am having sex with someone that I'm in love with, and this is my person, and he doesn't find it appropriate that I'm hanging out all the time with my ex-husband. And I think that like, she is in the right to do that and move on. And so it was it was kind of wild just seeing everybody sort of rally around Frank in this way. And quite frankly, like, I mean, I like Frank and I like when Frank and Dolores are together as friends. And I think that they've had a really healthy relationship in the past. But, you know, that also changes. And I don't I don't know if we like need really Frank to be on the show anymore because he's himself not a housewife and he doesn't have a housewife wife. So I don't really know why he needs to be in the mix so much. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that, that was sad to see. Uh, it was fun to watch them all kind of play the game. You know, Danielle is still, I, you know, I'm, I'm starting to see, I don't know if you saw Danielle on watch what happens live after the episode aired, but I'm really starting to get the feels that they are setting Danielle up to be the new Teresa. Like, I think she's going to end up being the new queen bee because, you know, Teresa has talked about like over in the next few years, she's potentially going to make a move to California. And I think that, you know, she'll probably wait for the kids to get out of uh, high school and go off onto on their own. 
And then she wants to make a move. And she's saying, like, I'm moving out of New Jersey, which the writing on the wall there is that she won't be a real housewife of New Jersey. And so, um, you know, they're, that that's kind of coming up. And so I think producers are probably, you know, who's our next one? And I don't think they have one on the cast right now. I think Melissa would probably think she was. Marge probably thinks she is. Both of those people, I think, are in, at risk of not returning next season. So, yeah, they really needed to find somebody new. And I think that uh, Danielle is bringing a lot of it. She's got some family stuff that we are definitely going to dig into, what's going on between her and her brother. She's connected to Caroline Manzo. She just, I mean, she's, I mean, her children's names are like almost in alignment with uh, Teresa's daughter's names. It's giving me old Teresa vibes. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to see kind of where that goes, but I was loving her on this episode as well. Um, she's definitely becoming one of my, one of my new faves. And then, you know, it ends with, uh, Jennifer Aiden and Bill in therapy. And so, you know, Marge is, has been claiming that there are problems in that marriage and clearly there are so much that they had to go to therapy. And I think what's really sad about it is, you know, Bill seems very checked out. He's the one that cheated, but this is years ago, something that Jennifer moved on from, something that they decided that they were going to move past and continue to be together. And unfortunately, because Marge brought it to the show last year, they've had to relive it. And now all of their kids have found out about it. And that's the part that is actually really heartbreaking about any of these kind of reality shows is when... It, what, it, the kids didn't sign up for this. And so when all of a sudden, like there's this kind of information that kids are finding out about their parents without, you know, in a way that they didn't plan to tell them, it's pretty, it's pretty sad. So I don't know what's going to happen. I'm getting like, I'm getting some sad, some bad vibes. Cause like Jennifer and Bill are good when they're good, but it's like how much of that is smoke and mirrors. And I really, I don't know work. I think I'm getting like a lot of Shannon and David Bedore vibes from them a little bit where Bill just seems kind of checked out. He, in one of the more recent episodes when she was talking about, you know, that she lets the kids do that. She's having them do the chores and he's kind of like, yeah, but you, uh, you know, spoil them. And in this conversation, he seemed very checked out and she was talking and he was like, thinking about something else and let's let's hope it wasn't someone else but he just doesn't seem to be fully present in that relationship so hopefully the therapy works and they end up in a good spot but but that's new jersey uh looks like we're getting into some some heated stuff next week jackie is just coming for danielle and i think that that just feels thirsty and it doesn't make any sense why she continues to sort of just go after her other than that she's a friend of this year and she's trying to find her storyline and i i'm not here for it so um but that's jersey this week moving on to we have the second installment of the real housewives of miami reunion and i mean the the reunion the episode was shot mostly backstage this this week it was insane how much footage they did of the uh behind the scenes backstage Alexia and Adriana just fighting and so much going on and so many conversations happening about what the they're ultimately not saying on the stage or what they start to say. And then Andy kind of has to move them on because these women are so fiery that and they won't back down and nobody will listen to each other. So it's like we're sort of just like 
hashing it out. And by hashing it out, it's just screaming at each other simultaneously. And then Andy like moves on to the next topic and is like, well, we're going to leave it there and then moves on. So by the time these women get backstage to like get their touch-ups and have a snack and, you know, if you're Larsa and Kiki have plenty of shots, it's like all hell breaks loose because they're still ready to fight because they've never gotten they never feel like they won that fight. So, you know, and Alexia, you know, I talked about earlier, like in the previous seasons with Teresa, where she just like, she couldn't apologize. She saw red. She was unable to like, really like control her anger and emotions and, and see, have any empathy for anyone else. Alexia is very much doing that. And, you know, she apologized to Julia uh, she apologized to Julia on stage for the things that she had said about her potentially being like most likely to be a prostitute. And they, you know, and then backstage, she like went into the dressing room and was like, you know, thank you for accepting my apology. And she came in with this, like, it seemed very artificial and it didn't seem sincere. Like, I didn't feel like she was there for the right reasons. I felt like she was there because she wanted to like put a dig into Adriana knowing that she was also in the room. And then of course that's when all hell broke loose and they just started screaming at each other. And, you know, it was, it was insane. But um, then we get back into the couch and Kiki has joined the couch. Um, I, again, I love Kiki immediately. Her boob comes out. Um, <laughs> I loved Andy was like, oh, uh, I think Marisol or someone was like, oh, Kiki, your whole boob's out. And Andy was looking down at his phone. He's like, oh, I missed it. You know, Andy, who, you know, very famously loves himself some some boobs. Um, but I'm also like, well, thank God, because that sounds like an HR issue. But yeah, so Kiki comes out. Um, I thought that she, you know, she's just, she's kind of the bright spot. They're talking about how she knew Lenny was cheating because of the shape of his head and you know, she she just had some wild moments uh, in the past couple of seasons that they they did like a little montage of her sort of recognizing that like Lenny might be cheating. Um, but I love I love Kiki so much. And then when Julia was talking about, um, you know, that they that her and Martina had to put their adoption plans on hold due to uh, Martina's uh, cancer diagnosis sees. Um, Kiki, you know, was like, well, if you, you know, ever need, ever need to be around kids, like she was just offering up like everyone's kids to Julia, like, yeah, you can babysit. And then even Andy was like, yeah, I've got two, you can come and babysit. So um, I thought that was kind of sweet. And that's like, you know, that's kind of Kiki, like she finds this like light, she finds like, kind of a funny, humorous way of like, bringing things back down to earth. And, and I really appreciate her. So I hope that they continue to have her. I, I, I was disappointed that she didn't get like a, a title card at the end um, when everybody was getting their recaps because Marisol and Adriana both got them. And I was like, well, Kiki's a friend of too. So why isn't she getting that? But I don't, it's probably in the, the pay scale or something, but um, that felt, that felt strange. Um, and then, I mean, Larsa was kind of the hot topic or the hot, she was in the hot seat, I guess, this episode. Um, you know, at one point she said that she doesn't talk about people. Like she doesn't talk badly about people. It was like, LOL. Um, because that's all she does. And, um, you know, her and, and Nicole just are not going to find resolve. And I'm, I'm on team Nicole in this argument. Like if, 
if Lars is going to make a claim that Nicole slept her way to the top or that she's been sleeping with all the doctors in her hospital, like these are, these are not just claims about her life. This is something that could affect her career. And, you know, Nicole's like, I would, I would welcome if you had proof of this stuff, but you're making up lies and it's going to have a big impact. And at one point, um, you know, Larsa's not the best at like a screaming match in a fight. She just says things, but it doesn't actually, I don't think process in her mind as to what she's saying. Because at one point she just says like, you know, I have a real job, not like you to Nicole, who's a doctor, the only doctor on the cast. Okay. So I don't think that Larsa's real job selling pictures of herself on OnlyFans is more real of a job than being a doctor. So I'll just leave it there. But I was, I was like, that's a, uh, that was a real stretch. Um, and then, you know, Andy had to scream at the women again because they were all screaming at each other. And he, I kind of think that that's like team too much. Like when Andy screams, it's like, this is what you signed up for. And if you can't facilitate these conversations and control these women, maybe you aren't the right host anymore. Maybe we're getting to the point where you're not the person that should be hosting these reunions. It's, it's, it, I, I don't know. I, I know that they like love that and it becomes a lot of memes and it shows him screaming, going viral. I just, I don't, I don't love it. Um, but what I did love is when Andy called Larsa an asshole and I was like, Oh, wow. That was because you know, he's, he kind of came to Dr. Nicole's defense in that, you know, he was saying that was an asshole thing to do. And then when, uh, Larsa, it kind of flew over Larsa's head and she kept fighting with Nicole and like, Nicole's like, even Andy's calling you an asshole. And it like, you could tell it clicked with her at that point, what had happened. And she like kind of gave a look and, and got a little quiet. And so, um, and honestly, she was. She was being an asshole, and I, I kind of loved that Andy called her out. He's he gets into the he gets into the drama a little bit um, more than he used to. And then the last sort of note: we have one more installment um, before before it ends. But I just I'm getting such a Mean Girl vibe from some of the OGs, and I guess really it's probably just Marisol and Alexia because it's not Adriana or Lisa that does this, but. They just are seeming Marisol and Alexia. They they like team up on the newbies and like the new cast members. Who, by the way, this is season two of this new cast, and so these aren't new people anymore. Gertie and Doctor Nicole, and you know these are people that I mean the cat like the viewers love. And there's a reason why they're on the show and they just team up and like go after them with, without really any sort of merit or reason. And it's really starting to come across as desperate. It's like this desperation for them to stay on the couch. And, you know, I feel like even like Alexia was, you know, not seated next to Andy. And I feel like that in itself has created a lot of emotion for her, which is what we're seeing her really like come across as so desperate. And they, it's just, I don't know, it, they come across looking horrible, I think. So I don't know what's going to happen. Um, you know, we end with, we're going to start talking about Len, the Lenny affair again with Lisa for the next, uh, for the next installment. 
And, you know, that will of course be dark, but hopefully eye-opening for Lisa. And then, um, I don't know what else, I don't know what else we have left, but I really hope that, you know, Alexia is watching this back and taking some notes because cameras are about to roll again um, in about in less than a month. They're supposed to be picking up and filming uh, the next season. And I hope she's like taking some notes and realizing that uh, she needs to look within. She needs to give her, her friend Teresa a call and say, how did you do this? And, and hit her up uh, some therapy. So uh, that's uh, Miami this week. Um, Summer House. Oh, man. This, what a doozy of an episode. I mean, it starts with the continuation of the fight that we saw start last week. Uh, as, you know, Danielle had said in a game that, you know, these games, they always cause problems on these reality shows. But the game had asked, you know, who do you trust the least? Danielle pulled the card. She said, Amanda. Amanda started crying. She left because she felt hurt which then sent Kyle into a rage. And the the irony is that he wasn't raging against Danielle. He was raging against Lindsay. And Carl was sitting there listen to, listening to his, you know, quote, best friend, just say these horrible things about his girlfriend. And, I mean, just a full vomit of the mouth. He just could not stop talking and screaming and saying horrible things. And he eventually walks out of the house and then Danielle gets on Carl and is like, stand up and be a man and defend your woman and tell your best friend to shut up. And, you know, so she gets pissed off and it's like full chaos. We just, you know, it, it, everything was just so, so insane. Um, and Danielle is such a good friend. Like I want her in my corner and I want her on my team in any kind of situation because she is going to bat for all of her friends. She even was like, I care more about Amanda's feelings than I care about, you know, what's going on right now with Carl and Kyle. So I want to go fix things with Amanda. And she, you know, they were able to like hash that out. And, you know, she just she just is such a good friend and she is the the voice of reason in that house. And I can't believe that her and Lindsay are going to have a, a falling out. I know we're all just sort of waiting and holding our breath for that moment. Cause we know it's coming and I don't understand it. I don't understand it because she has, she is so ride or die for her friends. Um, but yeah, it was chaos. Kyle was just screaming. Carl went to bed. The next morning they left. Um, and I just, I'm at this point now. I mean, they came back the next weekend, but they, they're they not addressing the drama. And it's like, sorry. It's like when housewives are like, oh, the heat is on. I'm not going to go to that event. And it's like, you know, it, for example when Vanderpump doesn't show up at a reunion, she's no longer a housewife. It's like Carl and Lindsay, if you guys aren't going to stay in the house when there's like tension and there's things going on, you shouldn't be on this show because you need to like let these things play out. You need to like have these conversations. You need to let things happen on, on the camera. That's what you signed up for. If it's becoming too much, as Carl said, then it's time to exit the show. And that is how I feel because also... I can't take another scene of Carl and Lindsay in their room, just snuggling and talking about how many miles to the moon they love each other because that is old and tired and I'm done with that. So 
yeah, I, I can't do that Carl and Lindsay stuff in their, in their room and just being recluses and then leaving in at the first sign of drama. It's like they're, they're done. I can't, I can't do them. And I, I don't say that this in a way that I don't like these people. It's just, you're not delivering for the show. And I just don't think that you are giving us much. So then we've got Andrea leaving, which was devastating because why isn't Andrea a full-time cast member? And I guess like, because he's not living in New York right now, but I feel like we do this a lot with these casts where like, couldn't he just come live in the Hamptons for the summer and like film for however many weeks they're filming six weeks or whatever it is. Like, this is ridiculous that we have such a great, you know, such a genuine character for this house. And he, the, the housemates clearly love him. And it's just, it's insane that like, he isn't a full-time cast member. Cause we don't have, I mean, I said it like a couple of weeks ago, but Chris is just not delivering anything. He's there. I forget he's there sometimes because he's not like giving much, you know, in the midst of all this drama, his like one sort of call out is like, oh, we should be having fun. Like summer should be fun or more fun than this. And, you know, it's like, well, that's a recycled line from Kyle from years ago. And I'm just, I'm not getting anything from him, but you know, and and this was like became because these people, Bravo fans out there, like we are in a, we are in our own community and it should be a safe space community, but it is not. Let me tell you, because, you know, someone shared some feelings about Chris not really delivering on Twitter this week and another account like came for them and was I feel like tried to make it like more racially based and it's like, no, Chris is just not good. And if you don't bring anything to the show, I just said, Carl doesn't bring anything to the show. Lindsay's not really bringing much to the show right now. I think she, she has more potential to, but Carl brings nothing. And um, I'll just say it when Paige came back for the second weekend, I was like, Oh, whoops. I forgot about Paige. I think that we're nearing the end of a page run on Summer House because, quite frankly, like I don't think that she really delivers anything either. She's now she comes into the house and then they hang out in bed the whole time and like eat snacks. And yes, she had she used to deliver some good lines, but that only gets you so far. Like she's not delivering anything either. And so I just I forgot she was there. So Paige, Chris. Carl, like these are people that don't need to be on our screens. Andrea, on the other hand, gives good TV for a lot of reasons. Let's get him back on our screens. Um, And then I guess, I don't really know if there was much else. I guess that we're, you know, Carl had the scene with his mom where they talk about, you know, still grieving the loss of Carl's brother and all the things that, you know, this kind of this experience has, has done for both of them. And I feel like that was an important scene because we need to be reminded about like why Carl is the way that he is right now and why he didn't like jump up and start fighting Kyle. And, but I, but again, I just, I don't know if he's really, I don't know if he's like good for a summer house situation. I saw someone online had said, suggested that Lindsay needs to just become a Real Housewives of New York um, when they reboot the new cast. 
And then Carl can be a house husband. And it's like, that might actually be the right situation and right scenario for them because I don't think that he is going to bring what Summer House needs in order to be the show that it is. So it'll it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens there. But um, but I thought that was I thought that was interesting. And uh, I also saw online that somebody had mentioned that Bethany, when she got married and was filming her uh, Bethany getting married um, series that she had after Housewives, she was younger than I think either Lindsay or Carl and Amanda, um, Kyle and Amanda, somebody had said something about that. And they were like, imagine if Bethany and Jason were in the summer house because they were younger than these kids are that are in the show. So it was kind of wild to think about that. And that's when you start to go like, Oh, like these people are growing up and maybe that's why they're not good on this show anymore. Maybe they need to like transition and Bravo's now, like fully going for the crossovers um and you know people are joining different cities and now we've got phaedra going from atlanta to married to medicine so it's like it's not a far leap to think that some of these girls from summer house could potentially become cast members on other shows i mean maybe Paige and craig will get married and Paige will become part of southern charm and you know we'll I just don't think that that's beyond the stretch of our imagination. So anyways, let's move on um, because, you know, as I said at the top, we're still deep in the scandal of it all. And this week's episode was wow, oh, wow, oh, wow. I was, I, I mean, literally I feel like my jaw was like wide open in that opening scene. And Andy uh, claimed on his radio show, he said, you know, he wanted to put this out into the universe. He was like, people are going to watch this week's episode and think that we recut it because of the scandal. And he's like, we did not touch it. They, he, he claims that they have not done any re-editing of the Vanderpump shows that we have seen or the one that aired this week since the scandal has happened. And if that is true, like, in, I mean, it's just insane what happened this week. So we open with you know them coming home from the club, uh, the the girls coming home from the Vegas club where Raquel had made out with Oliver, who was a married man and who Lala was interested in. They get back, they're drunk. Raquel is a drunk mess. She is you know eating and like food is falling out of her mouth, and she is just on another level. And the girls are kind of like in the bed with uh, Katie and Lala, I guess, are in the bed. I don't know. Um, I think that was just, I think Christina had not joined at that point. But um, Katie mentions something to Lala along the lines of like, you know, Mrs. like called Raquel, like Mrs. only interested, better watch your man or something. I can't remember exactly what what she had said, but ultimately, Ultimately, in her confessional, she calls out that that she's like, it seems that Raquel is only interested in men that are either married to or that her friends are interested in. And that in itself was like jaw drop moment, because as we know, what happened is that exactly that thing. And, and then it cuts to Lala telling Raquel, like, girl, I wouldn't trust you with my man. Like, you are you are on one like this is crazy. And you know, Raquel snaps back with, um, 
uh, well, good thing you don't have a man. And uh, Lala was like, yeah, time for you to go to bed because that was about to get lit, if not. And then um, the girls were just, I mean, they were like, watch your man, watch your man around Raquel. Like they just kept talking about how like this is, this is Raquel's MO. And she was, you know, listening at the door and then she's like crying and being like i didn't realize that like if i was just getting drunk and having fun that this was going to be like that this is going to be the outcome of it and it's like well it's more than just getting drunk and having fun because you're you know having you're kissing somebody's man that they were interested in also by the way who was married and you're trying to like kiss your friend's ex-husband who they aren't even fully divorced yet. And so it's like, that's why these women are coming for you. Not because you were just getting drunk and having fun. I mean, seriously, she is so, so crazy. Um, but it's, it's a lot. It was a lot. And then, you know, the next day she, you know, tries to put on a brave face. She's like, I don't remember much of what happened, but I feel like I said something offensive. And, you know, so all the girls tried to kind of like move past it. And then she had a full on meltdown in the car on the way to Lake Havasu. And I mean, she was having an emotional breakdown where they had to pull over. They thought she was having a panic attack. Um, her face was trying to move while she was crying. And so that was like, you know, interesting. She was covered in sweat stains in her pits. And I was like, this is not a good look. I mean, she was having a full scale breakdown. And I think that the women thought that she was breaking down because she was still in love with James. But I think, and, you know, people have said that the, the affair with Tom Sandoval had not yet started at this point in filming. And so, because she, you know, if she was having an affair at that point, trying to kiss Schwartz, kissing Oliver, and also having an affair with Tom Sandoval, that seems like a lot of things. And, but I don't, I don't know if I buy that because I think that this breakdown was really her like breaking down over the, over the, cheating over the secret that she was holding it seemed it seemed like a lot and so for just what she was kind of saying it was over and how she was feeling it just fe it felt like there was more to it and as we know there probably was more to it it was a lot so it's been it was that was a crazy scene the girls tried to rally around her which i thought was nice um and then uh, Charlie arrives in Lake Havasu. She's a little extra with her shade. Um, you know, she meets Christina Kelly and is like, you know, I don't know anything about her other than that she used to work at Sir and now she sells lip balm for a living. Um, I mean, she's got good lines. She delivers one-liners, but she, it all feels like she's trying too hard a little bit to me. So I, I didn't love, I didn't love her. I, I don't, I don't know if I love her in general. Um, she ended up like coming and taking, you know, Raquel's side and everything. Um, but we, we had um, Sheena back in LA 
we had Sheena really pushing Schwartz to move on. You know, he's getting restyled. She's like, you need to have a divorce party. You need to have a guy's night, but a guy's night with me. And it, it all just feels like it's aimed at Katie rather than being supportive of Schwartz from Sheena's perspective. It doesn't seem like she's really, she's just sort of like picked that she's going to be team Schwartz in the divorce because Katie called her a troll. And now she's like very heavily leaning on like, let's move you on. Let me support you. Let me find you, you know, a new relationship, all of these things. So that was, that was the kind of thing happening in LA and then we get the scene where the Toms are at Tom Tom, like trying out some new drinks. But I don't know. I don't really remember that scene because all I could see was the lightning bolt necklace on Tam, Tom Sandoval, which we, of course, now know that Raquel and Tom Sandoval w- would wear lightning bolt necklaces to indicate their love for each other. And that was like a secret little thing that they used to do. So again, we're being told that the affair hadn't started, yet he's got the lightning bolt necklace on. And so it seems as though things were moving along at that point. Um, so that was that was another big shocking moment that feels like it was edited in, but Andy, you know, says it's not. And then um, you know, the 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 girls are at Havasu. Raquel and Charlie leave after um, a dinner where Lala and Raquel really got into it, and and Katie too. And they're calling her out for all of the things that she has done. And you know, Raquel, you know, makes makes a point with Lala of like, well, you did get with Randall while he was married. You were his mistress, and. You also slept with my boyfriend when I was dating him. So Lala does seem to be a little bit of a hypocrite in this situation. And that's what Raquel's point is. And in that sense, she has a point. So I'm not saying that Lala is the voice of reason or that she is the one that we should be praising for any of this. But but yeah, they, they have their sort of altercation at dinner and then Charlie and... Uh, Raquel decide that they're going to go back to LA because they want to go to the boys' night with the Toms. Um, So, you know, again, Raquel wants to get back home to get to uh, Tom Sandoval. So, or that's my, that's my take on it. And, um, and then, yeah, we, we get to the guys' night and all the guys are there. And of course, Sheena arrives and is like, I'm crashing because I'm the girl that didn't get invited to the girls' trip. So I'm going to be here with all the guys. And then somehow like it came up that Raquel and Charlie had left the trip and Tom was Tom Sandoval was the one that knew. And it was like, well, okay, so you knew that they had left the trip, but like, who told you that? Because no one else seemed to know. So that means that one of them must have communicated directly with you. And again, Raquel. So that was another little tidbit that I felt like had come out. And then um, we had, uh, and then Raquel and Charlie arrive at the guys night and they're like, you know, all right, we're going to walk in. And I think that they're going to be surprised to see us. And they walk in and Tom did not look surprised. And I'm sorry, he's not an actor, though he thinks he is. But he did not look surprised that they arrived. And uh, she went and uh, they hugged immediately. And 
she went to sit next to Schwartz in this like slow-mo way and the camera cuts to Tom Sandoval looking at them like like he was eyeing them it was like a Disney villain like looking at his prey and um yeah it was it was just all so wild and it it's all I mean this is actually like how we're going to be watching the series now is that we're all going to be dissecting every moment of it to see this kind of stuff play out to find the signs and the red flags that apparently no one else was seeing where now it's like looking so obvious and so it's 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 pretty it's pretty crazy um but that was the episode. It was a to be continued. So we'll, we'll kind of see what happens. Um, we did find out this week that due to the restraining order, um, Sheena and Raquel can't be in the same room, but they can be on video conference. So that means that one of them is going to have to likely zoom in to the reunion, which I hope if we have to do that, if we don't delay the reunion, which I kind of feel like we need to just delay it until we get to the court hearing and hopefully drop these charges. Like I hope it's Sheena that zooms in because we need Raquel to be sitting there and face uh, her face, her victims. We need her to see what those people and what she has done and the chaos that she has caused. I, if she gets to zoom in, that is, that's not acceptable to me because it she won't have to pay for any of the things that she's done. So that is really, really upsetting to to find out. But we'll we'll see how that goes. And then um we also know that uh Ariana has made her return to socials. She posted her kind of official statement on Instagram that, you know, she's devastated and that she's working through it. But, you know, she says um, what uh, that she finishes her statement with, what doesn't kill me better run. And I loved that because, you know, she's coming back and she's going to be a fierce bitch now. And I'm, I'm here for that. And I hope that, you know, she continues to do well and prospers post, post breakup. Um, and then um, we also know that Tom Schwartz is currently filming Winter House in Colorado. Uh, it was originally supposed to be both Toms, but um, I had I had speculated that that's why TMZ caught Tom at the airport was that he was actually headed to Colorado. So that seems to have been confirmed. There are pictures of him with some of the other cast members, one of the new Below Deck guys who is going to be on Below Deck sailing. Um, so he's new. We haven't seen him, but I guess we're going to get a double dose of him on Bravo next uh, year. And then Corey from last year's Winter House was in the photo as well with Tom. So we know that those three guys at least are in the house. Um, oh, and I think Brian from Shaws of Sunset was also there. So, um, so it's we're really mixing up the shows. Like I said, Bravo's like fully in on all the crossovers stuff now, um, and even on uh, Watch What Happens Live. Uh, this week, uh, Danny Pellegrino had uh, suggested to Andy that we needed to do an Ultimate Girls trip, but not of Housewives, like but have some of the Vanderpump and Summer House and some of all of those people. And uh, Andy had said, like, yeah, I'm sure that will happen. So, you know, I think that like they're very much thinking in this like space of now Bravo is just one sort of unit, and all the shows are can be intermingled at this point. So, um. But yeah, so that's kind of what's happening on Bravo this week. It's it's been wild. I'm 
I'm very excited for the reunion uh, to be filmed because I feel like a lot of news is going to come out of that, and we're going to we're going to find out kind of who's paying for what, and we're going to start getting some answers hopefully. Um, oh, the other I guess kind of wild scandal rumor is that the there is rumors flying that this affair with Sandoval and Raquel all started as a threesome with Ariana and that the three of them had some kind of sexual encounter um, that they all had agreed to and that then uh, Tom and Raquel sort of split off of that and kept it going behind Ariana's back. So that's a new layer of this and yeah, it's just keeps unfolding. They keep delivering guys. So that's our week on Bravo. Um, like like always, I'll keep breaking it down. Um, so don't forget to follow me on socials. I'm at CM Vitrano uh, and at listenitsvitrano.com for more on pop culture news. But until next week, we we have another uh, in, we have another interview and a fun episode coming this Thursday. So don't forget to rate and subscribe so you don't miss that. And then next week we'll be talking about the Bravo shows again. So um, I'll I'll be here, and I hope you will be too. So thanks for tuning in. I hope everyone has a great week, and we will talk soon. Bye. <laughs>